Hey everybody, welcome to Comedy on Vinyl. Um, this week we have Adam Lissigor, also known as Lonely Sandwich. He uh, is the host of, uh, well, pardon me, the co-host, the co-star uh, of uh, You Look Nice Today, which is the first podcast I ever listened to and is still the funniest thing on the internet. Um, so check that out. Um, he wanted to talk about KMDY Radio, uh, which was here in Southern California. It uh, doesn't exist anymore, but it was an all-comedy radio station. And that, the concept of that just blew my mind. That is something I've never experienced or even heard of. So we um, sit and we talk about uh, just some of the tracks and stuff that he was exposed to and just generally what his life was like growing up listening to comedy in that way. It's, it's not necessarily about having stuff in your hands uh, in this episode. It's, it's very much about the experience of listening to it and being exposed to it constantly. Um, there's, uh, we actually just listened to clips, uh, during the recording, so, um, I've just overlaid, um, slightly higher quality versions of it, so that you don't have to hear us laughing the whole time, and, uh, a couple interruptions here and there, and then toward the end, uh, we listened to the trailer, well, that is to say, we watched the trailer for, uh, Movie 43, because he brought it up and I hadn't seen it yet. I cut that out because, well, it's a new movie, don't want to get in trouble for it, and again, it would be you listening to a trailer, you listening to us listening to a trailer, sketch movie, trailer's not going to really work in audio. So uh, that gets cut out. So there's just a couple clips here and there. Some people walk in, some of it's left in when it's funny. Anyway, I don't really need to tell you any of that. But either way, it's a really great episode. It's a lot of fun. Please uh, subscribe to You Look Nice today. Rate that highly. Follow him on Twitter. Follow uh, Scott Simpson and Merlin Mann both on Twitter as well because You Look Nice Today is a great show. Uh, check out uh, sandwichvideo.com, um, which is uh, Adam's company. He does uh, videos for tech companies, and they're just beautiful and amazing. So, uh, yeah, check those out. Obviously, please, uh, you know, rate us highly, subscribe, add your comments on iTunes. It really helps us. And uh, check out my uh, feature film. If you get a chance, go to jk2016.com or jasonclom.com. Check it out. It's a feature film. It's free. I'm in it. If that matters, I wrote it. If that matters, I directed it. Also, if that matters. Uh, but yeah, thanks again for listening, and uh, talk to you soon. We end it by singing a Monty Python song, all four or five of us on stage. Which song? Uh, the Bruce's The Philosopher's Song. Yeah, Manuel Kant was a real piss and who was very rarely stable. I dig her, I dig her, was a boozy beggar, drink you under the, think you under the table. David Hume could have consumed Schopenhauer and Schlegel. Schlegel? I don't know. This is how I learned about philosophy. Yeah, me too. Yep. Philosophy song. Yep, me too. I actually got a, a really good grade in a world history class yeah. once because of the uh, Oliver Cromwell song. I, I got all the details right because I remembered that fucking song. That What's the last ver- That's the last line of that verse. And David Hume cannot consume... No, Schop- David Hume cannot consume Schopenhauer and Schlegel... And Wittgenstein was a berry swine who was just, just a slush to Schlegel. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I haven't sung so that song good. since high school. Probably. Yeah. I, I, was, I was happy that I remembered it. And I guess not surprised. Literally everybody on stage knew it. And it was uh, a big fucking nerd fest. It was oh, good. That's so exciting. Yeah, it was nice. It was a good way to end a show. Uh, well, I'm ready if you're ready. I'm ready. Okay. Are we, are we, are our levels set properly? I think they sound good. I don't Temping, testing, pisting, testing, pisting, pisting, plesting, nesting, nesting, srogonance, simulant, simulant, simulac, civilians, civilians, civilians. Talk, talk, talk. All right. No, we're good, I think. Let me just. Yeah.
drop this a little bit. I've got this annoying habit on podcasts now where I try to be funny even though uh-huh. I'm not. But but you're but you are funny. Well, I oh I see. I think trying? I'm diretic. Is, is what the, I am. Oh, okay. Is it the trying to be funny that's the issue? You know, I just don't care anymore. Ever since okay. I'm, ever since you know I'm an expectant father, I've got dad. Disease. Are you really? Yeah, yeah. Holy shit! Well uh, done. What's that? Well done. Oh, Congratulations. Yeah, I really stuck it in there. <laughs> I can start a new track if you want. I'd prefer you didn't. Okay, that's fine. Uh, hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Comedy on Vinyl. This week, we have Adam Lissagor. Hey. Hey. How are you? Uh, David Hume, get out <laughs> We were just singing the Australian, the Australian I think philosophers. We, I think we got some of that on tape. Okay. <laughs> so, I think they're going to no have No need that. to recap that. No, I mean, we can. You can do it all over again no, if you it's want. All right. okay, that's fine. It's all right. That was... I, I wonder how much of the f- philosophy knowledge of most American, like young American people, that accounts for. Like nothing. A lot. Yeah. A lot. Other than Nietzsche, I understand Nietzsche's a big thing with hipster kids. Like sure. I didn't read any Nietzsche. What was like. his drinking thing though? Nietzsche. Nietzsche. I is he in? The, I don't think he's in. The I don't song. think he's in that song. <laughs> nothing so, rhymes with Nietzsche. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I guess that's it. Um, <laughs> so you wanted to talk about a comedy station. From in that was here in Southern California. Yeah, which I assume might be a first on your show. Oh yeah, I yeah. got so excited when um, when you told me back in April of this year. <laughs> just to, for perspective, it's the end of November, and mm-hmm. we're finally getting around to doing this. But you emailed me in April about doing this show, and I got so excited by the concept of the show, as do most of I'm sure most of the people that you have on. Sure. Who are fairly big names. I'm yeah. like a small fish on here. So. But- no. I, which is exciting, and most of them are really comedians. I'm just a fan of comedy, but um, me too. So, well, that's how it works. Well, now you're more than a fan. You're more of a curator of stuff. Yes. Ooh. Um, I like the sound of that. Hopefully, the client call that's going on downstairs isn't bleeding into the. Track. I couldn't hear anything okay, a second good. ago. Good. Good. You should yell down to them to shut the fuck up, though. Just <laughs> yeah, we already booked the job. Oh, there you go. See. So, um, you know, like, I don't remember what my first comedy album was. Yeah. Probably, like, Chipmunks or something right. like that. Right, yeah. Um, oh, God, that makes me think. I or, think that, like, does a, does a kid's, like, a kid's pop album count as comedy? Oh, it's, it's I think so, because, because uh, Kevin Allison from the State, Who he I picked, adore. Oh he's amazing, he picked uh, Free to Be You and Me. Which is awesome, just celebrating really his 40th com- anniversary. Album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, actually, next week... Next week, yeah, next week I'm be interviewing Rob Kuttner from Conan, uh-huh. who just did a parody album of it. How oh, great! <laughs> I'm very excited. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Kevin Allison, have you heard his? Um, it's on the States Comedy album, which I forget the title. He is. was talking about that album, and I feel like a dick because I've never heard the album. Oh, geez. I don't have it. I'll send you the the track that's just his his children's album song, and it's like <laughs> a zoo animal, like. Oh, no. And the giraffe goes, and like the, but the gag is he's doing all these animal noises, uh-huh. like the kitty goes meow, and then he starts doing, he starts doing animal noises that shouldn't be vocalized, <laughs> like, and then you know, and the giraffe goes, <laughs> and then it, and it sort of turns into this horrifying, um, you know, this horrifying explode like postmodern explosion of what a of what a zoo would that's awesome would sound like God, postmodern so yeah, yeah probably that sounds good sure mid-century modern 
I think that's that's more appropriate. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It reminded me of a of a nice wing chair. That's right, a mm. Dutch wing chair. I don't know what I'm talking An about. An Arne Jacobson giraffe. Sure. Anyway, mm -hmm. what I was saying before about trying to be funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so I guess I those are my first experience with comedy yeah. albums per se. And then of course Later on in like junior high, mm -hmm. I got into your Jerky Boys, what what yeah. have you, which I queued up a awesome. YouTube track of. That's unrelated to the radio station that I was going to mention. And then later on than that, probably my favorite comedy album was Adam Sandler's They're All, All Going to Laugh at You, which mm -hmm. Peter got to talk about on your show. Um, so really my first experience with something called a comedy album uh as it's you know come as as it's really as, as it's known was this radio station where near where i grew up in ventura county california i'm a southern oh. california guy um i grew up in a city called camarillo and nearby in thousand oaks um which is 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 its own city they had a radio station on the am side that a friend of mine who I used to carpool to school with in elementary school, he must have been, you know, seven, eight, nine years old. My friend's father used to listen to this on the drive to school. AM850 KMDY Comedy Radio. I'm pretty sure it's the only thing that's ever existed of its kind. I've never really done the research. I've but I've never heard of claim. anything else like it. Right. Honestly. So like a, a full 24-hour-a-day radio station oh, that just played comedy records. So good. Right, and uh, this was and this was the, before the days of digitized music. This sure. was, this was in eighty eight, eighty nine, um, ninety was when it closed down, and I think that, um, you know, they would actually queue up. They would put vinyl on the turntable and uh -huh. play it, and the the DJs very rarely said anything except when they huh. had to. Yeah. Um, but they would queue. They would queue up a track from a from a well known comedy album and then let it play for however long a, a typical track is i guess probably five minutes yeah. or so ish and one of the few times i remember hearing a dj speak on kmdy was when he'd put something on probably by request that he'd never heard of before uh-huh and then the, the uh the comedian started dropping the most raucous <laughs> f-bombs <laughs> it starts going over the airwaves oh, and of course i'm like i'm listening while i'm going to sleep because i had my little sony dream machine mm -hmm. that i'd listened to uh the radio station with um and i start he hearing words you're not supposed to hear on the radio and my eyes are wide <laughs> and i'm giggling to myself and then and then you hear the record scratch and the dj comes on. the dj comes on far too late you know too much damage has been has been done already uh, and he says, well, we, uh, well it, was, it was unexpected or something. But <laughs> um, the, the kinds of, uh, it was like, it was, it was a real, it was a gift to a young, um, uninitiated comedy, co future comedy appreciator like myself. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, you know, I know one other kid that grew up with this radio station mm -hmm. from fr where I was from. And I've never discussed it with another person besides him. Yeah. It's such a specific kind of nerdy thing. Yeah. Which it was probably, you know, there were probably maybe a thousand kids like us that, that eventually grew up and learned all the Monty Python songs and right. listened to all those records and everything. But this is our, this is our introduction to these f f 
fantastic comedians, um, some of whom I made a list, yeah, a l- list of. But um, you've got like George Carlin um, on there, and you know you're nine years old. You've never heard of George Carlin before, sure. but you start hearing these voices as though. Th- you know when you go, have you ever gone into um, like the deli, the mini market to mm-hmm. buy something and maybe it's a Sikh that's uh, a Sikh that's working behind the counter, it's mm-hmm. a family business and they've got like that religious radio or whatever going yeah, yeah, on yeah. and it's just chance. It's like, it's like yeah, almost yeah. like drones. It's like mm-hmm. these voices coming out of the, and it's just all, it's all prayer, you know? Yeah. I assume. <laughs> I don't right. speak that, but... <laughs> Uh, I don't speak that language. I don't know what it is. Um, that to to me, that's kind of what this felt like. Was that the mm-hmm. the prophets were you know the voices awesome. of the prophets were coming from this radio as I as I slept. Yeah, you know as as I woke up in the morning. That's so good. Um, so you totally fell asleep to it and woke back oh, up to totally, it. Totally. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. But what's 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 funny about that is that at some point in the night, like let's say 11, 1130, it changed over it into old timey comedy radio and they would put like Jack Benny on. Awesome. Um, so they would stop playing those records. They, the mo- the more modern up to date, you know, your George Carlin, and mm-hmm. emo Phillips, and they would switch over your Jack Benny program from the, what the thirties, forties, I yeah. guess. Yeah. And um, so, you know, what business does an eight-year-old kid have <laughs> falling asleep to Jack Benny radio program? It's right. such a weird, it's so weird. It's like, yeah. it's like I, I felt, I feel like I was one of those kids that grew up with his, you know, was raised by his grandparents or something. Right. But I right. wasn't. <laughs> That's so good, though. I, I can't, I, I have to imagine that, that that affected you subconsciously to sleep with that shit in the background. Oh, sure. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Well, I mean... That's what's interesting about comedy albums, that they're audio only, mm-hmm. that you get a totally different appreciation for the rhythm and the yeah. musicality of the comedic performances, yeah. as opposed to how we mostly experience comedy now, I assume, which is YouTube or um, live, live shows right. or um, you know, TV specials. Uh, so... I mean, so so imagine like never having seen George Carlin before, and all the physicality in his comedy. Oh yeah, yeah. And you only know him by his voice, and then the revelation of seeing him for the first oh, time. Oh yeah, I remember. Or the Bill first Cosby, time, yeah. you know, I heard Bill Cosby himself for the first time on the radio, so and bad. it wasn't until I saw the, the TV special mm-hmm. on HBO later on that you really get all those faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, and it's so key to what it is, but it obviously works brilliantly for an album because he's just such a damn good storyteller. Yeah, and his mic technique, right? He's mm-hmm. like Christina Aguilera mm-hmm. with that motherfucker. <laughs> That's uh, so good. Uh, where he does the womp. He does the womp. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, but I've just talked for a solid, like, 80 minutes, I think. That's what you're supposed to do. Okay. That's the whole point of this. What What were the? Well, let's let's. We don't always do this, but let's talk about the, the, the specific tracks. Sure. And shit, because you pulled them up. Yeah, and... I pulled up some. Um, you know, I just mentioned um, Cosby, Bill Cosby himself, and the track. I mean, <laughs> like he, he, the one I remember the most from this one is "Dead Is Great." No, I remember the two. There's the chocolate cake, mm-hmm. 
And then there's like going to the dentist, and his and his, and his lip gets and he gets anesthetized. <laughs> yes. And he like and he says something. I could he pulled my bottom lip up over my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, but um, yeah, him describing his his kids coming down and getting chocolate cake for breakfast, <laughs> and still. To this day, I mean, I haven't listened to it in forever. But... Mm-hmm. So... Look at that face. He looks like a Muppet. <laughs> it's like the sound effects. The first one down was a four-year-old. The child looked lovely. Cute. And the child comes down. <laughs> and, you know, you're almost like... He, we're almost like predisposed to do Cosby impressions. Yeah. Oh yeah. Every every black kid, every white kid mm-hmm. knows that it has their own. I want to hear yours. We should both do our Cosby impression. All right, you go first. Okay. And and my wife Camille, <laughs> and she comes into the kitchen, and I don't remember the routine. I'm just gonna make up the words, and she pulls her pants up over her head. <laughs> and the four-year-old says to me, Hakuna Matata. <laughs> that was that, the last bit was terrible. That wasn't That's a good okay. impression at all. But then the, the kids sing the song, Dad is great. Give us a chocolate cake. <laughs> Dad is great. I wish I could find that on this YouTube clip. You'll probably be able to. And every time we've talked about Bill Cosby before, I mean, the one thing that comes up, and I maybe I think it bears repeating, is that there's not, there's no need for profanity. I I don't care. Profanity's funny, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But he doesn't need it, and it doesn't. But it still doesn't seem sugary to right. me. Right. Yeah. You know, it just seems real. Yeah. Pretty raw. Just doesn't happen to have any of those words in it. <laughs> right. You know, it's just as effective. Is- isn't it? It's hilarious how much of comedy stand-up back then was based on kids, like routines about yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. Even like you, you know, you watch. We just watched Eddie Murphy raw the other day because mm-hmm. there was this oh, tribute God. to Eddie Murphy on. Oh, on, I wanted uh, to see that on 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 Spike. Mm-hmm. Um. So I so I grabbed Eddie Murphy raw and and we watched it and like yeah that that shit is raw. But he's talking about kids. And mm-hmm. I got ice cream. And you, <laughs> you ain't got, got none. <laughs> That's my favorite and, fucking like, things do you, ever. Do you, re- do you really see that much? You don't see that much comedy about kids no. these no. days. No. What and was I, so funny about kids back then? I don't know. For me, though, like, to watch Eddie Murphy, I, I, I want to do another episode about him. Because, like, it's borderline heartbreaking to watch him do stuff about kids. Because you know he was a super poor kid. Oh, yeah. But also, like, the... His memory for being a kid, well, of course, he's, what, 22 when he's doing Raw? Like, yeah, I think he was, yeah. like, 22, yeah, so fuck, right. he's still a kid. Yeah. So, but to have that strong memory. I know when he's memory, talking about how 18-year-olds don't know how to fuck, but he's, like, four years older <laughs> right, than that. Right, right, right. <laughs> it just blows my fucking mind. And, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I don't know what that is. Because the stuff that both of those guys do is so true to being a kid, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't. And Bill Cosby was the, you know, his his comedy was all about his family and mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know how many comedians had done that much like hilarious material about about being a father before probably child looked lovely cute little face clean 
hair, little braids, little things, you know. Come on, darling. And I said, what do you want for breakfast? And a four-year-old has the ability to see through and find the wrong thing. And the child saw through my body what was behind me. She saw the chocolate cake. And she said, can I have that chocolate cake? And I said, chocolate cake where? She said, chocolate cake behind you. And I looked, and there was chocolate cake. The child wanted chocolate cake for breakfast. How ridiculous. And I said, and someone in my brain looked under chocolate cake and saw the ingredients. Eggs. Eggs are in chocolate cake. And milk. Oh, goody. And wheat. That's nutrition. What do you want? That's a chocolate cake. Chocolate cake coming up. <laughs> Sliced it for her and served it. Now, you need something to drink with the chocolate cake. Something breakfast. Grapefruit juice. <laughs> this is not your child. Here it is. And singing songs to me. That is great. Give us a chocolate cake. <laughs> that is great. You give us a chocolate cake. And I don't know why. I can just picture the whole scene so fucking brilliantly. Yeah. Oh. So damn good. It's really good. Oh, shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think before his era, you, you had a lot more. It was still situational. I mean, it was vaudeville first, and then everything you listen to on the radio was situational. Mm -hmm. You know, so that was kind of everybody's dose of comedy. Then when people started to be, I guess, when club comics started to be more of a thing, it was you sort of picked. Was it some single person who was talking just generally about life, what life was, this, the philosophy types, like mm -hmm. Lenny Bruce? Mm -hmm. Or it was guys like, although, you know, Bill Cosby hung out with Lenny Bruce, too, so it's just... Right. There, and there was a little bit of Len Lenny Bruce on K comedy radio. Really? Yeah, it was just a little too heady for me, I think, okay. as a kid. And probably a little... Did he use swears? Did Lenny mm -hmm. Bruce? He did. Oh, he used every, every one that he could get away with. <laughs> okay. And, and some, some racial epithets only to prove a point. But, right. yeah, I'm wondering what they would have even played on the radio that they could have Yeah, I don't away remember with. either. I think just maybe they had cleaned it up a little bit. But they must have, yeah. I think that I was probably, through this radio station, exposed to every one of the classic comedians. But some of them I, I didn't, didn't make sense to me in the context of their social time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lenny Bruce, I would never have known. Right. Because without any commentary from a DJ or something, sure. nobody's going to tell you why they're playing. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't even think I knew who Woody Allen was necessarily when yeah. I heard Woody Allen on here. But um, he did this routine, and I just remember this one refrain from it, which was, uh, he, he tells a story... And then, and I don't even remember what the story is. I could probably uh -huh. find out pretty easily. Easily, but the the punchline, which he repeats over and over, is "And Hemingway punched me in the mouth." <laughs> I don't know that one. Yeah. The top of my head. He's telling like a like a raw 
like a like a rye. He's telling like a like a a rye like classy. You need to Speaking get that. Speaking of classy, sorry about that. No, that's <laughs> oh, no, just my alarm going off. Oh, for your call. yeah, but I it's it'll be done past eight o'clock. Hey, everybody, that's that's some interesting fun stuff you get to listen to <laughs> on this fucking. I was podcast. in Europe. It's not the first time that I was in Europe. I was in Europe many years ago with Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> Hemingway had just written his first novel, and Gertrude Stein and I read it, and we said that it was a good novel, but not a great one. That it needed some work, but it could be a fine book. And we laughed over it. And Hemingway punched me in the mouth. <laughs> That winter, Picasso lived on the Rue de Bac. He had just painted a picture of a naked dental hygienist in the middle of the Gobi Desert. <laughs> Gertrude Stein said it was a good picture, but not a great one. And I said it could be a fine picture. We laughed over it. Hemingway punched me in the mouth. <laughs> I remember Scott and Zelda Fitzgerald came home from their wild New Year's Eve party. It was April. <laughs> Scott had just written Great Expectations and Gertrude Stein and I read it and we said it was a good book but there was no need to have written it because Charles Dickens had already written it <laughs> we laughed over it and Hemingway punched me in the mouth and that winter we went to Spain to see Manaletti fight and he was, looked to me 18, and Gertrude Stein said, no, he was 19, but that he only looked 18. And I said, sometimes a boy of 18 will look 19, whereas other times a 19-year-old can easily look 18. And that's the way it is with a true Spaniard. And we laughed over that, and Gertrude Stein punched me in the mouth. <laughs> I have to have. Oh. Uproarious. Do you think that an audience of 2012 would uproariously laugh over the punchline and Gertrude Stein punched me in the punched me in the mouth. No, no, because it, most of it, most of the people would just be like, that's a reference. That's, that's where their brain would go. Yeah, they yeah. wouldn't understand the reference. Maybe a lot of nodding. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, who would have, who would have thought that what year is this? 60, 60, let's just say 65. Who would have thought that some, uh, you know, 47 years later, he would have turned it into a movie. Right, right. <laughs> Turn this whole routine into a movie, yeah. um, and a good one at that. And and uh, but I, you know, I heard this routine and and I just thought it, I didn't know who Hemingway was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who Gertrude Stein was. I just knew that it was funny the way he kept saying the same thing, and that the audience was digging it. You know, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. Just, they were eating it up until the fourth time when he changed it. Right, right. You know, like he just flipped it, and then everybody just lost their shit <laughs> i love that and um god just how he introduces those little those little absurdist bits about a dental hygienist yes or a new year's party in april mm-hmm. that you know like for then for the the mid 60s it was the like the pinnacle of cool comedy this is sure. alternative now it's dad jokes right like now this isn't quite as funny because right. it's just you know, it's status quo. It's mm-hmm. like it's what is expected. But do you ever do you ever hang out with older people and they'll make jokes like they're comedy nerds. You know, like let's sure. say you're your your average sixty to seventy year old comedy nerd uh-huh. who was probably in the audience of this show. Right. And they say things that like in a different time and place 
would be hilarious. Sure. But now you roll your eye. You couldn't roll your eyes harder at these people. <laughs> right. I yeah. I mean that's that's always been a that's always been a thing for me where I try so hard to just I guess gather that kind of perspective because I I, I realize that if I get too too jaded or cynical about it or just even too in my own head or in my own time about it, I'm afraid I'm going to forget what used to be funny. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I'm so afraid of that. Yeah. Wow. You know, you really hit on something important there, which is forgetting what used to be, what used to affect us. Like mm -hmm. what, why does that happen? Yeah. How do we get it back? Right. Yeah. It's How do we retain like what you really hits us emotionally? Um, like in a real way. Like I want to see my favorite movie again and again for the first time. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I never want to forget that experience. Yeah. Yet, age and time does that. Right. I mean, and, and I suppose that's a necessity. I, I guess there are. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's very hard for me. Having any sort of acting, the little acting skill I have, mm -hmm. I, I I try and use that to manipulate my brain and pretend I haven't heard something before. So even oh, okay. if I'm lying to myself, yeah. you know, it's still there. There's a way to keep shit fresh sometimes, but it's mostly <laughs> a delusion. So. Well, maybe if you don't care that you're lying to yourself, right. then it's 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 just as good. Yeah, yeah. Gives you a chance to re-examine it, and not get tired, and not not listen to it again. For sure. You know. Yeah, or you can appreciate the winds of time and. And and how they destroy everything that's good to you. Yep, yep. You can appreciate that. that on a different <laughs> level. You can go back and watch Robert Altman's Popeye and go, "What was I thinking?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, and I and I always wonder because because I hate not having that perspective on something. I, I literally saw uh, RoboCop for the first time like two weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, but to be fair, it's actually still brilliant because yeah. I had it set up by a bunch of people who love it. You yeah. know. They didn't. They didn't oversell it. Oh, good. You know, um, but I loved it. Is it the first one where the toxic waste guy gets hit by the car? <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. that scene like, like, <laughs> like clear as day. It's it's pretty stunning. It's pretty great, and it's for the first time I've liked one of his films because I don't I don't care for Starship Troopers. I know we're totally off on a fucking tangent here, but anyway. Yeah, I recently just a few weeks ago watched Starship Troopers again because mm -hmm. I was showing it to my girlfriend. You know. Like and and I kind of had I think I explained the joke to her like uh -huh. I explained that it was, which I don't think I appreciated myself when I saw it the first time. And I know I didn't, and that's why I'd have to rewatch it for this reason. But. Yeah, you appreciate the joke behind it. Yeah, yeah, like when yeah. you watch it the first and again in context, it was what ninety seven, ninety eight, something yeah. like that. Yeah. In context, it kind of looked and felt just like every stupid sci fi action right. movie that was out at the time. Right. Um. It's just, it's just that it wasn't. They were doing something very cheeky, and like I think a friend, a friend at the time explained it to me. No, they, they, they're, they're in on the joke. Right. And then it becomes a little, a little bit more fun to watch. But then, you know, not quite as fun to revisit t uh, 15 years later. I bet. Yeah. Mm. I know. Sorry, we got off on a, on, a, on a tangent on that one. It's all right. Um, but. Wait, so did you hear, because I know you pulled up some Jerky Boys, too. Did you just yeah. hear that totally separately, I assume? Yeah, I heard it totally separately. I never heard Jerky, but Jerky Boys was probably the first comedy album that I bought with my own money. Mm -hmm. Not that we have to go and use up two episodes worth of material <laughs> and bring up the Jerky Boys. Has the Jerky Boys been talking no. about on your uh, show? No, people are always like, oh, I should have thought of that one. Yeah. And, I, and I'm usually afraid to, because I, I have nothing to say about it. But that's why, you know, I like to listen. Well, it's it's hilarious to me that 
the, the, the Jerky Boys was so important. It was such right. a cultural touchstone. Yeah, no, definitely. And now nobody thinks about it at all. Sure. Well, we don't have tele- we don't have prank calls anymore. Right. We have caller ID. Yep. At the at, at a time in history, though, it was a legitimate pastime. Oh yeah. Where yeah. you and your friends would call up. Yeah. You would call up your friend's mom and 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 you know pretend you were the hospital, but the hospital, of course, was employed by twelve year olds. Oh, I just remember just the joy of finally figuring out how to rig my phone so that we could record it. Like, <laughs> right. Like just like well, at Radio Shack, you could get that little suction cup. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Suction cup mic. Didn't just think stick it right that. on the back of a uh, of the phone. Would, yeah, mini jacket right into your cassette deck. I took my friend's phone apart to do it. Oh, that's, yeah, <laughs> like well, that's re- pretty cool. rewired that's pretty shit. Yeah, it was fucking. Um, we used to do this thing where if you had a two line phone, mm-hmm. you could. I forget what the technique was called. It was something spiffy. And I don't remember how I learned about it, but you would call, you could call, uh, call one number mm-hmm. and then really quick, um, switch lines, call the other number and then do a conference call between them and then just <laughs> shut up and see what, we, and most often it would be like, hello, 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 <laughs> yes, who's this, this is Janet, who's this? I don't know. You called me. What? And you'd be like, you knew, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't snicker harder. You'd right. Be like, oh yeah. <laughs> you and your dumb friends. And then I think one time, I think the best it ever got was when I called one Domino's and connected them with the other Domino's. <laughs> and, and you know, hilarity un- unfurled. That's pretty great. Yeah. That's so I, I think basically, prank calling. Ended with the Jerky Boys doing their thing because nobody could do it better than that. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. And then there was homage paid to it on Arrested Development some years later. I don't know if you remember, but um, there's a scene with George Michael and his and his friend on the like they were they prank called prank calling. Um, I think prank calling their his dad mm-hmm. Michael Bluth. And George Michael has headgear on, mm-hmm. and he says something about rubberneck or jerky or something like that. Uh-huh. You know? That's pretty good. Yeah. So it's there. It's still in the public consciousness. Right. But yeah, you're right. I guess it is kind of <clears throat> something. But again, it's, a, it's an example of another thing that wouldn't necessarily resonate the same with young people. No, it wouldn't. And did you... Maybe this just as an aside. Do you remember that there was a movie made? A yes. Boys oh movie yeah, yeah. Made? I think of that every time anybody brings it up. I haven't seen the film, but yes, I do remember it coming yeah. out, and it kind of blew my mind that that was. What was it about? Pretty great. Um, <laughs> was it about two guys who prank uh, called? Screaming, and she's throwing a tantrum. And she's going, "I'm gonna get you, Tony Scarboni." So I looked down at the guy. I think so. It took it took some of the signature you characters oh, okay. from the album, like Frank Rizzo. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you and it just gave them a, a you know feature film. That's yeah, funny. Is Tony yeah. dead? Wow. If you don't get that anymore. That's one of the things that we talk about is that comedy albums, while not dead, are just tucked away on iTunes. It's hmm. not a physical thing. Yeah. Um, which again, you know, it's not a huge, massive deal. But I do, you know, I, I do miss having those things in my hand. The tangible. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Do you? Do you have any collectible 
comedy albums? Do you have your Steve Martins or anything like that? I mean, I have as many of the classics that I grew up with as I can find. I mean, I had a lot of them sent from home, but, you know. On vinyl? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I have any comedy albums on CD. Maybe one. I might actually have himself on CD now that I think about it. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, like, I try and find them as often as I can and find really weird shit. You know, I don't spend a lot of money on it because I'm not, you know, just not like capable. Like imported shit, like Japanese oh, shit. Oh, God, right. There's one album I really want that is $80, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to. It's very nice. But I, Who's yeah. the comedian? It is. It's actually, it's Del Close. Mm -hmm. And um, he did this album called How to Speak Hip. And it was a whole fake instructional album of how to speak hipster. I feel like I've heard this before. And Matt Besser talked about it when he came on the show, and he really wants to do an episode on it. And I'm up, I'd love to, but it's fucking 80 bucks. Yeah. It's so expensive. It's got an amazing cover to it, too. But, yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of that stuff. But, uh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, it would be awesome to bring back... Like I want, are there streaming channels of comedy albums that you? I mean, see, and that's what I've been the, thinking in the, about in too. In the day of, um, in the day of Spot, in the days of Spotify and Pandora, mm -hmm. nobody really listens to streaming radio anymore. Right, right. Like, even on the internet. Right. Um, so yeah. I guess nobody's got nobody wants to waste the bandwidth on that anymore. But this this whole show you have is about nostalgia for something that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's a little hard because it, it it becomes a little less relatable to some of my guests too, even or people I want to bring on. Like, and we're talking people I want to bring on who, by the way, who are comedians, who are established comedians, mm -hmm. and uh, they're like, I didn't really listen to that much comedy album, that many comedy albums as a kid, and I'm like, what? Yeah. What the fuck? God damn it! Wait, I feel like a, I like feel your, old. Your Shelby Farrow, for instance, probably doesn't has never owned a comedy. I don't know who that is. She's, well, she's somebody I follow on Twitter. Okay. She's like 19 years old. Okay, all right. And she does, she just did, um, she posted that she was in some com contest mm -hmm. of young comedians. Okay. And young comedians when I was growing up were like, you know, 25 to right. 35. Right, Drew Carey on Star Search or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or, oh, wow, I wonder if this, this doesn't really classify as a comedy album. But I I would love to talk about it anyway because um, it's an HBO special that HBO used to do the HBO Young Comedians. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And this one was from nineteen ninety seven nineteen seventy seven. Okay. Uh, and I found it in I found it in my parents' cupboard where mm -hmm. all the VHS cassettes were, and it was my introduction to Andy Kaufman, but also on oh, at the same show, mm -hmm. Robin Williams. Gallagher, <laughs> uh, uh, Robin Williams and Gallagher, and I, like a handful of others. But um, wow, that's a damn good year. Yeah, I mean that that was my other introduction to to comedy. I think because mm -hmm. I, I found that tape when I was like ten, ten years old. Mm -hmm. I don't know, pretty great comedy. Haven't I don't think about comedy much because I'm not a comedian, but. But you do stuff, I did want to bring this up, I mean, you do stuff, the videos you produce, at least a lot of them have a comedic or at least a very lighthearted element to them. Yeah, maybe a little nod and a wink, mm -hmm. you know, like a little sense of humor. I mean, they're not over the top. Yeah, a sense of humor isn't uh, the same as comedy. For sure. But I, I think it takes a knowledge of that to be able to even have a sense of humor, no? Maybe, yeah, appreciation. I think one leads to the other. Mm-hmm. You know the fact that I have a sense of hum humor and that I'm appreciate I'm respectful and uh, appreciative of of good comedy 
means that that's in those little elements are probably going to find themselves into a lot of the work that I do. Sure. But I've never done anything comedic just for comedy's sake. Oh, okay. I see. That makes sense. I don't think so. Because I mean, I'm trying to think of the first thing I saw you do maybe was the birdhouse mm-hmm. uh, thing that you did. Right. And, and for, the, for those who don't know, I do, I make my oh, living yes, making, making videos mostly that are like promo videos for, tech, for startups and stuff. Like those how-to videos that you see for apps and things. I make those, um, but hopefully in a stylized way. Uh, so, you know, a little humor finds itself into, into most of those things. Which I think is ne- which is necessary, because otherwise it would be very cold. Yeah, mix yeah. them up. Um, and I mean, your presence, at least on camera and in all the podcasts you do, I mean, you're a funny guy as well, which is why this would, otherwise this would be a very boring episode. <laughs> but, um, and uh, I probably would not be doing podcasts if it wasn't for you look nice today. So that's, oh, that's, isn't that's, that nice? Isn't that sweet? I'm it's really fun. I'm We've nice got guy. another one coming out in a couple of days. Good. We have a lot to catch up on, me and the lady. You do. Too much wedding planning. Sure, so, sure, But sure. We, do, we don't listen to them separately. We have to listen to them together. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah. That, well, you know, they're, they're short enough so that yeah. they're easy to catch up with. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're taking a road trip or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What, um, so do you remember when the radio station went off the air? Or was it just oh, a thing that kind of... fuck yeah, I did because yeah. I cried. Really? Yeah, grown child, a grown child, and I wept. And fuck. I wrote a letter. I bet. Oh my God. Well, you know, it was like a, you know, for lack of a worse metaphor, it was a warm blanket. It kept me, you know, that sort of protected me and guided me along through a lot of my, you know, more uncomfortable prepubescent years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I never really found that much, I never really took that much comfort in music. Yeah. I like music as much as the next guy, but sure. I, I never like developed a a fanatical um, adherence to a band or, okay. or anything like that. I bought CDs that the kids in school bought, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, really, it was it was it, I think it was probably comedy that kept me sane through the years before I discovered Monty Python. Yeah. Oh, they they played Monty Python records on comedy radio oh, as well, awesome. but I didn't know what the hell they were. Right. They were just kind of weird. Out of context, that shit I think would be very it's weird. Really weird. Yeah. You, you nobody if you don't have a crazy uncle to explain what Monty <laughs> Python is to yeah. you, you really need to see a movie. Yeah. Those. Fuck. I can't imagine what that would be like. Actually. Yeah. Just hearing like, um, hearing like what is it? The stoplight song in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> the middle of the night. Oh God! You're like mommy, <laughs> I like traffic, traffic lights. lights. Oh, I yeah, like the, so the traffic good. lights. Th- only when they're green. <laughs> <laughs> oh. or, no, they they played the the parrot sketch and okay. the dead parrot sketch in the cheese shop. They Was it a little those. more relatable? Yeah, yeah, it's and you still... could tell. But again, right? Those all those those albums. Uh-huh didn't have I'm trying to remember I might be making stuff up did those sketches appear on albums by themselves there were some there's some that I'm pretty yeah, sure album like exclusive the, yeah like the dead parrot sketch was maybe on a, on an album yeah and the, yeah. Po- the, the, the point I'm getting at is that I probably heard it without the benefit of, a, of an audience laughing at right. it right right yeah which makes it even weirder definitely yeah 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 they are stranger I think you need that 
Well, you don't need it, obviously, but it, 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 for me, I, I think... I'm trying to think what I saw first. Probably would have been the Holy Grail first. Mm-hmm. And I saw this stuff way late, way later than most people, kids, see that stuff, actually. Like, because I saw Holy Grail when I was 15 or 16. Sure. And then just picked up everything from there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I guess you're used to seeing, hearing it with an audience laughing. But, yeah, I think there were a lot of sketches that were on just the albums. And there were plenty of songs that never made it anywhere but the albums. Right. Well, I mean, on the TV show, you always had the audience laughing. On mm-hmm. Flying Circus, you, you right. would see, you'd see the sketch and hear it. But I don't remember if Comedy Radio would play the sketch that they'd taped oh, I see off you're of saying. the I see you're saying. taped yeah. off of Flying, Cir- Flying Circus from TV. That's so cool, though. I, 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 do, I, I guess for kids who are discovering comedy now, and I would love if kids were listening to this podcast. I doubt it very seriously because mm-hmm. of the explicit tag, if they've got good parents. But... Um, like, there isn't anything like that out there, but I guess just podcasts are the equivalent, I suppose, Yeah. to expose yourself to comedy. Yeah, it's But it's weird. not the most disciplined form of comedy to be listening to first. I really don't think you should. D- which one? Monica podcasts. Oh, period. Podcast. I love pod, but I feel like it's a thing that, if you're going to listen to a bunch of comedy nerds talk, maybe with the exception of a podcast like this where I'm trying to maybe educate a couple people, Right. it's mostly comedians just making one another laugh and just yeah. fucking around with uh-huh. each other you know yeah i think it's a, it's a little bit masturbatory oh, i don't yeah. listen to comedy podcasts so yeah i think it's great that they exist and sure. it gives comedians something to do in their yep. spare time yeah but uh and i think they're funny as hell sure too. sure I sure mean, i'm always blown away by how funny people can be funny on funny all the time right in front of each other on mic but i don't as a habit listen to them mm-hmm. and no i definitely wouldn't recommend for a kid just getting interested in comedy to go and dive into you know a bunch of sort of bitter <laughs> bitter 35 year olds <laughs> I, I you, you know it's like if you're really getting into jazz you go and listen to all the jazz records you can you mm-hmm. don't necessarily listen to a bunch of jazz guys talking about it right yeah yeah it's hard it's just it's, i guess it's more accessible and it's one of those things i feel like the appeal to podcasts especially like comedy podcasts where people just talking about comedy or comedians or themselves in general uh makes you feel like you can do it, it makes everybody feel like they can do it which is why yeah. it's so fucking attractive That's so i totally true. get that yeah but it would be nice if there was a, there was one place where you could hear disciplined comedy Huh. You know, disciplined, like, we chose this to put it on an album. So right. It was good, so yeah. that's why we put it here, <laughs> you know. Well, I see, I like what Maria Bamford is doing, where she's where she releases these comedy specials mm-hmm. for download. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just saw that she released one today, tonight. Mm. And unless it was a joke, I just cursorily read this on Twitter. Unless uh-huh. it was a joke, she does her comedy special in front of her parents. <laughs> <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> Oh, she's so good. She's pretty great. Oh, fuck. That's so funny. But yeah, something like, you know, I I mean, I don't know. I I just feel like for me, it's harder to keep track of comedy that's out there when it's digital. But I don't know. I don't know what that means. That could just mean I'm getting old, which is fine. We all are. We all are. But uh, so if you kids are out there listening, (laughs) you're going to get old. And and but I'm not bitter. This no. is not a bitter podcast. No, it's not a this bitter This is a happy, a hopeful, happy time podcast. Hopeful podcast. Yeah. I'm waiting for somebody to talk about Jack Benny, though, because I could sit and talk for Jack, about Jack Benny for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. There was a character called Rochester. Yes, there was. Who I think might be black. Yeah, oh, yeah. 
Oh, God. Yeah. That one's so hard. It was hard. a different time. It was a different time. And Jack Benny did treat him very well. Right. It is reported. He was very nice to him and wanted him to have, you know, a good living from sure. doing hey. the stereotype of a character. You come on up, Andy. Oh, which one? Oh, that? Oh. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll, uh, I'll see you Monday. Okay. Yeah, it's nice meeting you. My nice meeting you, too. Take care. Good night. Um, Jack Benny mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. And they, oh, and they would have sponsorships. You know, like, they were like Jack Benny program presented by Lucky Strike. Yep. LSMFT, LSMFT, <laughs> lucky strike means fine tobacco. And so, you know, you're raised with this different mentality in programming yeah. where it's very, it's, it's very um, overt. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. It's not just guys that are couched in, and it's not like they stick it in interstitials. They, they really put it in the program like they do now. Right. Hey. No, you're totally you fine. You are absolutely fine. Um, is there anything else you need from me? Just tell me your favorite comedy album. Favorite comedy album? Mm-hmm. It's stu- It's so stupid. It's, That's all right. Doesn't it's, matter. Um, <laughs> it's Adam Sandler. Yeah. They're um, all gonna laugh at you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, it's just like I when I first heard that, and because of like what age I was, which was super young, mm-hmm. I, like there was a part of it me being at the time that I knew I shouldn't be listening to it, and it made it even better. Yeah. Like, it, it made it, um, like, thrilling in a way. That's was, exactly what Peter was saying. Yeah. Peter Atencio said, did his episode about that album, and it was a, and he was talking about how he felt, he was so young, he felt dirty for listening to it at the time. <laughs> yeah. And I did too, and he mentioned the very joke that, that I felt the dirtiest about, which was sh- sticking a shampoo bottle up your ass. <laughs> Which is funny. It's funny, but it's also great because, you know, you get to identify with it. Because everyone does that. So many people have wanted to pick that album, though. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not unusual. Really? It's that, and so many people mentioned the Jerky Boys, too. It's not unusual. I was just a snob as a kid. Oh, I I was a total fucking snob about it. Yeah. Because, like, I think the first thing I listened to was Billy Connolly. Oh, uh, yeah, they played Billy Connolly on Did they? On camera. Really? Yeah, uh-huh. That just seems weird because that shit's kind of, out of way out of left field and impossible to understand for most kids, I think. Yeah, it is. And you know what? It was Billy Connolly that dropped all the F-bombs. Yeah. You're making the connect. Well, oh, that's the oh, one, the one that he cut off. Where, yeah. yeah. Do you know what bit it was? I don't. Oh, God. Because I ha- it was a Greatest Hits album and I had it memorized as a kid. Like, that's, that's how I learned to do a Scottish accent, was listening to that fucking... That and Lord of the Rings were the two things that taught me how to do a Scottish accent. Can you do a little piece of Billy Connolly? Oh, fuck. I'm trying to think if I can do any of his bits off the top of my head, though. Oh, God. What's the one... See, it's mostly the songs that I remember. You're fine. All right. Keep talking. You can come yeah. on the podcast. Uh, I don't give a shit. Sit down. <laughs> I've got an extra uh, mic. I'm going to give him the guitar, and if he'll sing the song, I'll be very, very happy. Very okay. pleased. Yeah. Are you going to do it? I could do it, I guess. But there's a song about Wellington boots, which are just fucking galoshes, but they call them Wellington boots over there. And the song is about how it's... It, it, what does he say? I'd like to take a moment to talk to you all about Scottish Highland National Dress. <laughs> 
Wellington boots. And then he just starts saying, if it wasn't for you wellies, where would you be? You'd be in the hospital or infirmary. Or you would have a dose of the flu or even pleurisy if you didn't have your feet in your wellies. And everybody fucking just loves it because they're Scottish and they get it. And as a kid, I'm like, ah, I don't know what this is, but this is really, his accent's great. It's amazing how audiences tell you what's what's good before oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> I think you. I think it's okay as a kid. We get a little snooty about it, like, right, like, I think we were talking about Key and Peele. I would not want to watch that show if it had an audience because I don't want to be told when to laugh. But as a kid, those are your cues to learn what is funny. It's really necessary. That or when your parents are laughing. For sure. You know, that's the, 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 if you've got parents who love comedy. Yeah. You know, that's really embarrassing. I may cut my whole Scottish bit out. That's no, that's awful. not embarrassing at all. It's, it's so good. <laughs> it's not my best Scottish. I wasn't really giving it my all. No, Billy Connolly, I hope you're not listening to this. I know you're not. I did the world's <clears> worst Cosby impression. It was, it was good. I liked it. It was you know, my Bill Cosby impression, though, is Eddie Murphy doing my is me doing Eddie Murphy doing Bill Cosby, so uh, I can't really do it. Okay. You know, that's hard. I only know um, Eddie Murphy doing Richard Pryor. Oh, it's so good, too. <laughs> and it goes a little something like this. And Hemingway punched me in the mouth. <laughs> Dead on. That was amazing. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, shit. <laughs> What uh, what were some other bits then? What 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 were other Steve Martin? I know you brought up. Yeah, Steve Martin. There was Emo Phillips, which again, out of context. That's true. Emo Phillips would be hard. Um, let's see. We did one of his albums with Joan Ray, and like that kind of blew my mind because I'd never heard it. I'd only seen him in UHF. Once I was in San Francisco, <laughs> walking along the Golden Gate Bridge. And I saw this guy on the bridge about to jump. I thought I'd try to stall him, detain him, long enough for me to put the film in. So you hear this guy's voice, but you don't know what he looks like. Right. And it's so weird. But this, again, this is like, remember that this is the, in the era of Bobcat Goldthwait yeah. and Gilbert Gottfried. Guys yeah. who make their living oh, doing God. a stupid voice. Oh, yeah. Like the most obnoxious, stupid voice you could ever mm-hmm. think of. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a put-on, yeah. but you don't know quite why they're putting it on. Right. Like, why is Bobcat Goldthwait doing Bobcat I've Goldthwait? never been able to figure that out either. And he's talked on about it on podcasts, but right. he can't I do the voice anymore. Marin, I think, he right? can't do the voice anymore. <laughs> Which blows my mind. And I'm so pissed because that drinking game show we do, I was hoping we were going to do Scrooge it again this year Mm because I get to play him again because that's a fucking fun voice to do. Yeah, okay. You know? But, like, he can't can't even do his own voice anymore. It's so, like, it's so spastic. Yeah, yeah. He sounds like he's going to die every second. Yeah, he really does. That's why he can't do it anymore. Mm Mm-hmm, Yeah. Bobcat, Bobcat is making movies now, and they're kind of good. They're fucked up, man. <laughs> I saw World's Greatest Dad. Is yeah. it World's Greatest Dad? Yes. Yes. Um, I wanted to see the most recent one, but World's Greatest... It broke my heart, man. Like, yeah. I'll never watch it again, because yeah, it was good, dark, but I can never watch it again. The latest one is God Bless America, which is on Netflix. Yeah, I really now. want... Oh, it is? Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. I really want to see it. Yeah. I really do. It's okay. Yeah? Is it... I just like that he's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um... But again, why why the voice and mm-hmm. why Emo Phillips? Because Emo Phillips doesn't sound like that, and he doesn't look like that anymore. He right? Doesn't have that weird page boy 
which is on a girl would be kind of sexy. Right. It's kind of the haircut that um, Bruce Willis's French girlfriend has in Pulp Fiction. It is. You're right. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. And I think we've talked about it before, too. Like, character comedy is not a thing. Like, stand-up comedy is not a thing you find, I guess, you know, because it's it's hack now, I guess. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, they still there's perfectly brilliant comedy underneath Emo Phillips. Well, who's to say what's character comedy? Because it feels like a, That's lot, very of, true. a lot of... Uh, a lot of stand-up comics are doing character. That's true. Louis Black is, is pretty much all character comedy. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe not a voice as much. Yeah. Well, his voice is pretty pronounced. For sure. Who, it just, but, I, you know, I'm just thinking about the comics who who play up their neb, nebit, neb, nebishy kind of like, yeah, yeah. so I'm going to the store <laughs> and everybody hates me. <laughs> And my vagina <laughs> fell out of my purse. <laughs> that, wow, that was a perfect, uh, I don't that's know who that was. That's a character That was your character. Yeah. Oh, that's good. You should start doing stand-up immediately with that guy. <laughs> I would pay good money to watch that, yeah. but that's... I'll just come out with the note, the notepad. <laughs> yep, yep. And I'll just do that character. <laughs> and, then, my. and then I'll leave and never do stand-up again. <laughs> I've wanted to do that, embarrass myself in, a, in an open mic, and just never do it again. <laughs> just do exactly <laughs> just that. Just do it once. Mm-hmm. I'll do it if you'll do it. They, they do an open mic at Nerd Melt every week, man. Okay. Gladly go. Right. <laughs> did, you, did you gravitate more towards stand-up or towards the sketch stuff, or was it just whatever they gave you? I think once I got... Um, my taste got more sophisticated, like, and I started watching film for film's sake, yeah. or for cinema's sake. Mm-hmm. Then I started getting into sketch more, and, okay. and you know, by the time I was in high school, it was like Mr. Show, mm-hmm. Kids in the Hall, and Mr. Show were were coming out, which really sort of elevated comedy to a cinematic yeah. format, which you know, our friend Peter has now perfected, and God, nobody else can do sketch it. anymore. So fucking amazing. Fuck it hurts my brain. Fuck that Seriously, fuck that guy. <laughs> it's all right. He's gonna he's gonna start doing movies and he'll never do comedy again. <laughs> it would be so sad. Sketch. It would be so sad. I mean, it's just. Uh, I guess it wouldn't be. At least they're picked up for a third season, so there's at least that coming. That's true. Coming down That's the true. pike. He's got one more season. But I can't believe he shoots that whole thing in a month. Yeah. In one month, and in, no, like that's, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Do you know anything about this upcoming movie, uh, movie forty three? No, I've heard about it. It sounds familiar. It's like all you can find is red band trailers. Wait. (laughs) What the fuck is going on? Yeah, exactly. Like, what? I am so confused. That really hurt my brain. It hurt my brain, too. Who's directing it? James Gunn. Oh, James Gunn's directing it. Okay. Um, Or the Fair. Yeah, see, it's got a lot of directors. It's got Farrelly Brothers. So it's sort of sketch. Ish, it's, almost. I, I think it's a sketch movie, which would be a fantastic episode of your show. Would be to just to do sketch movies. Oh yeah, yeah, that would be good. That's that's a good call. I'd like to get just yeah. Holy crap! Or another show. Whatever. But that's hurting my fucking brain. That really was pain, like painful in a good way, like really funny. But I had no idea what was going on. I felt like I was being tricked. Yeah, I still, I still don't know what it is because it feels like it's a Funny or Die movie or something. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah it kind of does, huh? Like a fake trailer. Mm-hmm. But it's really to support, like, cancer research. <laughs> 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 but it's not. 
Yeah. It's just a dirty movie. That is so fucking weird. What do you say? Should we call it an episode? We probably should. Okay. Uh, but uh, let's um, <clears throat> normally ask people, why would you listen to this album? But since it's not an album and the radio station does not exist anymore. Yeah, certainly defunct. Yeah. Why would you travel back in time to listen to the radio Yeah, that's a waste of fucking energy. It really is. If you <laughs> no, have what, a time machine, please do something else with it. No, what's the, what's the question? What's the question? I don't know what the question is. Oh. Uh, but, uh, well... I guess the question could be why would you listen to any of these old <laughs> these old albums that I remembered from the radio station? Yeah, yeah. That could be the question. Yeah. I would say um Oh shit, I don't know. Probably shouldn't. <laughs> Do something better with your time. <laughs> How about then for somebody who does not necessarily consider themselves in comedy despite running in comedy circles? Uh-huh. Uh for people in general, you know, if you're gonna, you know, why, um, why expose yourself to as much comedy as possible? It seems to be very important to you. Yeah. Wow. Huh. I really would like to leave this shit up to my guests, so I don't have to answer the question. Wow, it's a heavy question. <laughs> why expose yourself to the things that make you laugh? Right. Because some people don't. I feel some people are. Oh, wow. I feel bad for those people. I do, too. Well, you know, maybe everything's relative. Maybe different. Maybe looking at pictures of cats all day makes them laugh. That's true. Like, God, because you feel... Because it's not just listening to comedy, but listening to such a variety. Why, Why is that important? Well, why... You know, why limit it to comedy? Why, 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 why experience anything that can, any art at all? Why, why, why experience any anything that could be considered artistic? And that's, wow, this is gonna sound so doucheball, but <laughs> because it cuts to something core to your, to you know, the the thread of humanity, and we 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 all want to feel like we belong to a tribe. Yeah. Um, so when when something funny happens and and you respond to it, all this shit's been said ad nauseum, but it really doesn't matter. I like to get people's perspectives. Why is comedy important to you? Is is different you know, when, to why it's it, important I feel like to me? It's, it's been said over and over so many times that it could might as well be just considered a universal a universal truth now that you hmm. know. People, regardless of space and time, will respond to similar things based on a frequency that they resonate at. For sure. Uh, so it's nice to know that that frequency exists. Mm-hmm. Wow, and I just tied it back into comedy radio, didn't I? Yeah, you did. It's that my frequency happens to be 8.50 on the AM dial. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. What should, uh, where should people find you? Oh, uh, let's see. My company's Sandwich Video. My Tumblr is Lonely Sandwich. My, that's my Twitter as well. LonelySandwich.com or, or Twitter.com slash Lonely Sandwich. And, um, uh, and my podcast that I do with my friends Scott Simpson and Merlin Mann is You Look Nice Today, which is, I gather, how probably a lot more people would know who I am. And I'm okay with that. 
That's good. <laughs> it's a good podcast. It's a hilarious fucking podcast. Um, well, thank you for coming on. Thanks, it, Jason. And giving so me fun. some time. I hope so. I know we kind of rambled on about different shit, but... Oh, you know, you're the one with the audience to worry about. That's true. That's true. Then fuck me. No, <laughs> but it was good. It was a lot of fun. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Adam, again. And uh, have a good thing. Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, to read our blogs, read our tweets, watch our videos, and read our books. Please subscribe on iTunes, rate us highly, and write your reviews. You can follow us on Facebook.com slash Comedy on Vinyl and Twitter at Comedy on Vinyl. Boiled beef and carrots. That's the stuff for your doggy girl. Makes you fat and it keeps you well. Don't live like.